We're going to talk tonight. Who, who likes to hear people talk? Yeah. Amen. <laughs> I want to have a conversation tonight. Uh, really quickly, let's just introduce ourselves. I know some of us know us, some of us kind of don't. Um, so give, give us your full name. Um, and uh, man, what you love about New Birth, and then what you do here at New Birth. All right, so we'll start with Dennis. He's dying, <laughs> as he's dying. Uh, so yeah, just give your full name and what do you love? What, what do you do at New Birth? And then like, what do you love about New Birth? And we'll go down that way. Sorry, I got excited for the water. <clears throat> uh, so my full name is Dennis Xavier Rivera, or if the middle name was necessary. But there it is, Dennis Xavier Rivera. I even know that. Um, what I do here is. Um, <laughs> What I do here is I do the altar ministry, and um, wherever they need me, I kind of just help out, like, hey, what's up? And then my favorite part about New Birth is definitely the fact that I come in here, and it's like my entire life has just been erased. And God sees me as something new, but so do all the leaders, and so do all the staff, and so does everybody else in the church. So I just love the idea of grace in the room. Awesome. Love you, Dennis. How many of you guys love Dennis? Yes. Up next. Hey guys, um, I love you all. I love you. I love, I love you, you Kevin. I love you, John. I love all of you, man. So my name is Kevin Joel Montanez Rodriguez. That's my full name. Woo! <laughs> I'm Hispanic. Eduardo Rodriguez. I serve within the altar ministry, and oh, yeah. I'm also. Um, I serve with the deacons ministry with the adults on Sundays, and what I love about New Birth, um, everything. <laughs> it's just too much to just love say in it. words, but um, I just love the fact that we're a family. We all love each other, and man, when it comes to Fridays and Sundays, I woke up on Fridays like where's seven, where is seven thirty at? You know, it's probably like eight a.m. in the morning, and I'm just you know, like come on, man, like time needs to hurry up, because I just love uh, church, man. It's awesome, and um, God is doing amazing things. And I can't wait to see what's coming ahead, man. Amen. And that's pretty much it. How many guys love Kevin? Who loves Kevin? First time. Up next. Hello, my name is Jonathan Mejia. <laughs> yeah. Just that sound like, that Jonathan sounded like a, that sounded like a voicemail. Hello, my name is Jonathan Mejia. You can call me. It's just Jonathan Mejia. Leave a message at the tone. Um, it was... What do you do here, and then what do you okay. love about here? Uh, I do altar ministry, and I do, like... And my favorite things about the church are there's two. One is it can't be simple. There's two. One is the projects that we do, like faith, hope, and love, and, and everything that we do for the homeless and the lost. I just love that. It's just amazing. And second thing is hope groups. Seeing that these guys are going hard every Wednesday. I, I, go, I go to school on Wednesdays till 9:45, so I can't be a part of it. So I'm like on in class on my phone, like oh, I wish I was at a hope group. But those are my two favorite things, hope groups and the work that we do as a church. Awesome. How many guys love Jonathan? Yeah. Up next. All right. My name is Andrew Alexander Parra. Hey. <laughs> it rolls the off accent, the, rolls off though. The tongue nicely. What's up? I'm killing uh, my wife. <laughs> what I do is I help out wherever I'm needed. Oh, yeah. Uh, I'm part of children's ministry. I'm part of follow-up. I help out in Poinciana with whatever they need me to do, and I am Pastor Gabby's driver. Yeah! Ouch. God, I love that car. That, <laughs> i telling you, 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 you're onto something good when you're Pastor Gabby's driver. I gotta, I gotta say that. <laughs> and uh, what I love about this church is 
is the love I feel here. Yeah. Like it's so genuine and I'm I'm genuinely a happy person. Love this mother, but there's no place I feel more happy or happiest than when I'm here. Like, I love this place so much. I was telling my cousin earlier today that I was going to church and she's like on a Friday and I was like, Yeah, it's the best part of Friday that I get to come to church. Like I get to be with all of you. Awesome. Man, we got an amazing panel. You guys are awesome. Great job on that, that chord right there. How many of you guys love John on the keys? Oh, my God. So uh, anybody like to take notes on Friday? Let's go ahead and pull our notes out. Anyway, you take notes. Uh, if you're on your cell phone, just go ahead and slide on airplane mode, just so you don't end up on Twitter by the, by the end of the message. Um, anybody like to take hard notes, like paper and pen? I love you. I love you. Let's take notes. Here's the title of tonight's talk. Um, this title, I, I kind of want to, how many of you guys know about soaps, by the way? Who, who knows about soaps? Like the Soap Life Journal? Awesome. So let me, let me catch everybody up. If you don't know what it is, um, so there's a Life Journal that we sell every single week. It's at the, uh, the VIP table, that connect table on your way out. Um, that journal is how we read the Bible. So if you ever wondered how we read the Bible as a church, the Life Journal is how we do it. Um, every day it gives us verses to read, and we pick a verse uh, from those verses, and then we soap it out. S-O-A-P, Scripture, Observation, Application, Prayer. Um, so that's what a soap is. Um, so today's talk is actually based off of today's soap um, found in the book of Mark. Um, so, um, so yeah, if you don't have a life journal, man, we, we, we read life journals. That's how we do it here. Um, so kind of the title of tonight's talk is, is what am I wasting? What am I wasting? Um, and that comes from this idea is that sometimes we, we can feel, sometimes we can feel like we're wasting time. Uh, I don't know that to you, but, but sometimes in church, sometimes in life, we can literally feel like we're wasting time or, or sometimes wasting breath. Um, and I don't know if you guys ever done something before. Uh, just, just this past week, I was um, here at the church and, um, you know, I, I work here at the church. So, like, I'm, I'm, out, I'm out here, like, picking up trash. And this is what's funny is that I want everyone to see me pick up trash. I'm, like, the best staff member ever, right? I'm, like, picking up trash. And um, so, like, there was, like, these raccoons that were around the Hope Center one night. They knocked down all the trash cans. We have three. They knocked all them down. The trash is all over the floor. It's disgusting. So, you know, everyone's in the office, and I'm just like, it's my time to shine. I'm trying to win employee of the month. So I, so I go, and I'm, I'm literally waiting for someone to see me, just to be like, look at, look at John. If I'm honest, I'm waiting for that acknowledgement. I'm waiting for it, right? And, and you know, you know I, I, I fix one. I'm, I'm, I'm getting my hands dirty. I'm like, like Wendy's leftovers. Like, it's, it's, getting, it's getting nasty. I finished the first one. No one's, no one's walked by. It was so sad. I get to the second trash, I'm like, all right, come on, I'm, I'll take a little of my time with this one. Nobody sees me. The third one, no, I cleaned everything up and no one saw. Obviously, I, I, I didn't do it just for people to see me. There was something in my soul that saw all those trashes in the floor and said, like, I gotta go fix it. Then there's another part of me that said, man, I wish someone would see me right now. And I was kind of calling the crossroad. I, I was preparing for tonight. I was thinking about it, I was like, Man, how many times do we do stuff for God and no one sees? Do we feel like we're still wasting time? Like, I, I literally thought of, it, thought of it like that. Like, okay, so I'm 
I'm praying and no one's seeing me pray. Is that enough for me and my relationship with God? Like I'm worshiping God. And we're going to get to the panel in just a second. But here's the thing. Sometimes, and I have this on the point, the enemy wants you to believe that you're wasting what you're giving because you aren't being acknowledged. I'll say that again. The enemy wants you to believe you're wasting time. You're wasting what you're giving. Whatever you're giving to people or to the church, the enemy wants you to believe that you're wasting it because you aren't being acknowledged. That's what he wants you to believe. But the truth is, is that, you know, as we're, as we're Christians, so much of our relationship with God is behind doors. So much of our relationship with God is the unseen. So much of our relationship with God is the unacknowledged. You know what I mean? And, and the truth is, you know, working with, working with leaders all the time, you know, people who, who stepped into ministry. Uh, here's the thing. We, we can have an idea for a sermon series graphic and, like, ten graphics get put away. I mean, like, really hard-worked graphics. Like, so you guys know the Monsters graphic, right? It was, like, the ripped paper and it had, like, that font and stuff. Like, there could have been, like, six more options that you guys never saw that had the same blood, sweat, and tears put into the creation process that never made it to Friday services. So sometimes uh, in that scenario, whoever's making these graphics, they can feel like, man, nobody saw this. That's a waste of worship. That's a waste of my time. Man, nobody saw me do this. That's a waste. And the enemy wants you to think that moving up in God is moving up in people's vision. The enemy wants you to believe this. This is even worse. Moving up in God is moving up in acknowledgement. If you are acknowledged and acknowledged and acknowledged and acknowledged, then you're being the purpose of God. But so much of the people that God uses in the Bible, nobody knows. Like when you look at David, it says that David was in the field when... Jesse's sons, one of them were going to be anointed the king of God's people. And, and the Bible says that David was nowhere to be found. Like Jesse, David's dad, literally called all his sons except for David. And it's David that leads the king, you know, that, that leads the people of Israel and into just like one of the best moments ever for them. And I think that's funny how sometimes we believe that the people in the Bible were all just like these famous heroes. No, because of God, of what he did in their lives. Because of what God did and he anointed them and he called them. Then they become these superstars. But sometimes we can believe, man, if I didn't get, hey, uh, John, you're doing great today. If I didn't get that, then I'm not a great person. You know what I mean? Sometimes we can get that like, hey, Dennis, you're a great Christian. And sometimes if we don't get this, the enemy can convince us that we're not good Christians because we're not being acknowledged. But here's the truth, and I want to talk about this. So acknowledgement is awesome, but I already know that God is for me and loves me. And that's kind of the main point of tonight is acknowledgement is awesome, but I already know that God is for me and that he loves me. What does that mean? My leader can tell me I'm awesome, but I already know I'm awesome because God loves me. My leader could tell me I'm, I'm onto something great, but I already know I'm onto something great because I'm not looking for the acknowledgement of man. I'm looking for the acknowledgement of God. Amen? Amen. So let's open the conversation. Um, how, how, have any of you guys ever dealt with this? I mean, this is going for all of our middle schools and high schoolers that want to end up leading and end up serving and end up, you know, making a difference on a bigger platform. Um, man, these guys, definitely. Let's talk about some of our experiences especially around this idea, this thought that acknowledgement is awesome, but I already know that God is for me. If anybody would ju- want to jump on that. If I didn't want to, go ahead, Jay. 
Um, back, well, I've always been with youth ministry, even in our old church. And I remember back then, uh, we were doing this thing, this sermon series called Mythbusters. And that was basically you had to, like, defy a myth. And one of the myths were that um, you cannot break an egg in your hand. So my pastor at the time, he's like, oh, we're gonna, we got to go get some eggs because we're going to do this, right? So I'm like, yeah, let's go get some eggs. This is, like, right before church. Like, this is, like, legit. 10 minutes before church, service about to start, worship is about to start, and me and my pastor are going to Walgreens to get some eggs. So we go to get the eggs, and then um, he's like, Jonathan, so you think you can do it? Like, it's a myth. You, you can't do it. It's impossible. I'm like, all right, let, let me try it. Like, all right, fine. So I take an egg, and I put it in the middle of my hand, and like literally easily just crack it, and yolk went all over my shirt. And this is like right before service. So I'm like <laughs> looking at my shirt, and I'm looking at him, and I'm like, wow, like, this sucks. I got yoke on my shirt, but not only that, this is, it's a myth. You can break it. He's like, that's impossible because I YouTubed it, and, and it was impossible. To take another egg. We went through two whole cartons of eggs, and my pastor was hiding behind a wall so he won't get any yoke on him, and I got yoke all over. So bad to the point where I had to tell, like, one of my friends at the time to, like, let me borrow, like, this whatever shirt in your car. Just let me borrow. I don't care if it's too big, too tight. I need it. And that day we realized that you weren't supposed to break it this way. You were actually supposed to break it, like put the two ends in the palm of your hands. And that's impossible to do. But I was just doing it the wrong way. And I got my whole shirt filled with egg yolk. So we figured it out. And then we had the service. And I see the guy, the pastor, he's like, hey, I need somebody from the crowd to break this egg. Da, da, da. They do it. It doesn't break. And everyone's like, oh, laughing. And I'm there like, they don't know that I spent 30 minutes just getting yoked all day before the service. And, and I remember I was thinking to myself at the time, I'm like, wow, like, if it wasn't for me getting the yoke, then this would have happened. And this guy would have got it on him. And that would have just messed up the whole point of the service, would have messed up the whole preaching. Thank God it happened to me. Thank God I got the yoke on me. And kind of like what he was saying, no one saw him fix that trash, but thank God he fixed that trash. Like, imagine we came on Friday and there was still trash out there, three bucket loads of trash. So, like, the point of what I'm trying to get at is that nobody has to see what you're doing. Nobody has to see the work or the labor that you're putting in. But just know that God sees it. Come and on. even though you're not doing it in front of people, That's the good. importance of you doing it is so high. Because if I didn't do that, the whole point of my pastor's preaching would have went down the drain. Wow. So it's not that what I did in closed doors had no meaning, had no purpose. It actually was the most important part of that service even though nobody saw it. So when you're doing your Christian walk, when you're praying, when you're doing all these things and nobody sees it, no, that's the most important part. What happens in the quiet is what's more important than what happens in the light. That's good. That's good. You guys here tonight? You guys alive? Yeah. Amen. Can I, hear, can I hear everybody say a loud amen on three? Amen. Ready? One, two, three. Amen. Let's try even that third row. Let's get everyone sing amen. Ready? One, two, three. Amen. There we go. Anybody just want to chime in on that thought? I'm going to keep moving. It says in the book of Mark, chapter 3, um, I'm, I'm going to start reading, not chapter 3, verse 3. Let's read this together. So this is talking about Jesus. While he was in Bethany, reclining at the table in the home of Simon the leper, a woman came with an alabaster jar of very expensive perfume made of pure nard. She broke the jar and poured the perfume on his head. Some of those present were saying indignantly to one another, why this waste of perfume? It could have been sold for more than a year's wages and the money given to the poor. And they rebuked her harshly. Leave her alone, said Jesus. Why are you bothering her? She has done 
a beautiful thing to me. The poor will always have with you, and you can ha- and you can help them anytime you want. But you will not always have me. She did what she could. She poured perfume on my, bo- on my body beforehand to prepare for my burial. Uh, I, I, this this whole this whole story, I think it's it's kind of amazing um, because this is a story where somebody is pouring this very expensive perfume on Jesus' feet. You can, you can even assume that this act of pouring is her worship. Amen? Yeah. I mean, that's what we do Friday nights. We, we lift our hands, we pour our lives out to God. We open up our mouths and we declare how good he is and we worship, right? So you can say that in this scenario, the woman is actually pouring out her worship. And it's funny because one of the disciples says, why is she wasting the perfume? I mean, it, it was, that perfume is so expensive. It's, you can literally cash out and just give money to the poor. And, 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 and this kind of the thought, sometimes we can think that because we're giving something to God, because it's not viewed the same way to someone else, it cannot be worth what we're giving. Does that make sense? I mean, here's kind of the thought behind that. If my worship means something to me, then I know God will be pleased with it. If my worship means something to me, then I know that God will be pleased with it. Isn't it funny how a disciple of Jesus looks at her pouring of the alabaster box, look at, look, looks at her pouring of the perfume, and says, that's a waste. You could have cashed that out and just gave it to the poor. That's a waste. And I think that's funny because how many times have we been told as Christians, you're going to church on what day? <laughs> you know, kind of. You're wasting your Friday. You know what I mean? People look, they look at our worship, and because they don't see the price that we see, man, we we think, how many guys think it's a privilege to be in God's house and worship? How many guys think it's a privilege to be in here and just open up a Bible freely? And the thing is, you can experience people that don't agree with that. You can experience people that, that question, why are you giving money to the church? Why are you doing this? Why are you serving? Why are you going to church and going to hope groups? And why are you wasting time? And it's funny because here's the truth. If it means something to you, then you should know that God is pleased with it. It's funny because, you know, she she was a sinful woman, the Bible says. She was in sin. She comes to God. She wasn't very she wasn't very rich. That that box represented a year's worth of wages. What does that mean? That's like you're paid for a whole year. You're just pouring it onto a man's feet, crying and weeping. And I, I could probably assume that that, that jar was kind of like her life savings. That thing meant so much to her. And as she's pouring it, something that means so much to her, as she's pouring it, because people don't see the value in what she's doing, they're saying that's a waste. And, and here, here's kind of my question sometimes. Like, what's, what's the box in our lives that we're withholding from pouring, you know? And here's the truth. If my worship is wasteful to you, then I know that it's perfect for me. If my worship to God is wasteful to you, if you see what I'm pouring into the church, and here's what I hope, here's what I hope. You guys here tonight? Middle schoolers, high schoolers. I hope that we set the tone. I hope we set the culture that almost every single opportunity you get, not physically but spiritually, we're just cracking jars at new birth. You guys here tonight? I hope we steward our hearts. What's steward mean? To take care of it, to, to govern it, and to a steward. I'll be a bad steward if, if I left 
a baby in a room by itself. I'd be a good steward if I take care of it and I make sure it grows healthy. Man, you, you'd be a good steward of, of your life and of your relationship with God if you're just cracking alabaster boxes all the time. You're just breaking jars and pouring out what means so much to you. And catch this, and even if no one acknowledges what you're doing, I just pray we do it anyway because it's not what people acknowledge us yeah. to do. Yeah. It's what God wants yeah. us to do. Let's talk about that. Yeah. Just setting that culture of just cracking jars. And, 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 and here's the thing. You know, so, some of it could be done in public, but a lot of it could be done in quiet, in silence, in the secret place. Go ahead, Kevin. Um, I feel when it comes to worship and prayer, um, a lot of us worry about the acknowledgement of people. Um, when we're praying, we're praying in front of a, a church, a big congregation. We are more concerned about what the people or how the people feel about what we're saying than rather than worrying about what God thinks and how God feels. Um, and when we pray, even the Bible says that Jesus was saying, and when you pray, don't be like the hypocrites, for they love to stand in the synagogues and on the street corners to be seen by other people. And he said, truly I tell you that they have received their reward in full, but when you pray, go into your room, good. close the door, and pray to your father who is unseen. Then your father who sees what is done in secret will reward you. And That's when good. you pray, don't pray babbling like the pagans, for they think they have for they think that they will be heard because of their many words, but don't be like them, for your father knows what you need before you ask him. That's good. So it's not about the fancy words when we pray. It's not about, you know, the fancy wording when we worship. It's all about the heart. That's good. Amen. And um, I just think that we should be more concerned about what God thinks. If God likes it, it's all good. Yeah, that's good. Amen. That's good. Anybody can relate to that? Anybody can relate to that? Amen. Anybody just want to chime in? Go ahead, um, I also feel like a very important aspect of all of this is take your time. The reason why we're so focused on what other people are thinking is because we're thinking of what we're doing and we're thinking of what they're thinking. All at the same time, it's really fast. And the, sto the story we just read, there's another story just like it of Martha and Mary, the sisters of Lazarus. Martha is just cleaning the kitchen. She's doing all these things. But then her sister's at the feet of Jesus listening. And a lot of times we see it as two different people. But what if we see that as two different prayers? Wow. Like how many prayers have you, have your lips been moving like Martha, trying to clean everything? So good. And every time you're speaking, it's like you're trying to clean something in your life. And every time you're praying, you're trying to clean something. But man, what if our prayers are more just like, okay, God, what do you want to say now? And we kind of just slow That's it good. down. That's so good. Amen. I think, I'm, was that good? Amen. You go ahead and say something. Was that good? Amen. Amen. It's a conversation tonight. Man, I, here's what I believe. I think, you know, then it says I'm great, taking your time, you know. I, when you take your time, it comes, it becomes so much less of what other people think about you, right? Yeah. Like if I'm, if I'm cooking and I want people to taste my food, then I'm going to cook quick and I'm going to cook rushed and I'm going to just give it as much people as possible. But shout out to the moms that take their time in the kitchen, yeah. right? Like, listen, I, I'm, I'm working something up. I'm cooking, I'm cooking up my worship. I'm cooking up my praise. I'm cooking up my prayer. And this isn't really for you. I'm setting the table for God. Yeah. This is my thing to God. And he, I hope when we get older and, and as, as we grow up, you know, most of us in middle school, high school, man, when, when we go up, when, when, when we're moving on and life is just so, man, it's just so demanding of us, let's not look so much into the acknowledgement of people because when we turn to people, telling them what we're giving to God, it can almost seem like them. Yeah. 
like the people in the Bible, like that's a wasteful worship. Yeah. But man, every time we approach people, we understand that we are acknowledged by God. I'm a son of God. I'm a child of God. And yeah, you could tell me I did a great job today, but but God's on my side. He's already telling me that while I'm doing it. That's good. Amen? Amen. So so he, here's kind of my next question for you for y'all tonight is is what is your jar? What is your jar? It, for her, it was something that meant a lot to her. For her, it was something that was, was super important. Isn't it funny? She saw it something so important, and everyone saw it as just a, a waste. Here's why. Because there's some things that are valued, that you value, and some things that I value. I value different things. I mean, some of us, you know, we're creatives. You know, we, we like to draw. We like the art. Some of us, we're just so personal. We love people. Some of us, we love gifts. We love giving gifts, receiving gifts. I mean, there's so many different variety of people. I could just, like, we can go all day saying how we're all so different. But here's the thing. We all have a jar we need to crack open at the feet of Jesus. Yeah. We all have a jar that, we're, that God's leading us to just crack open and, 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 and just to pour it out. And I love this, you know, philosophical question. Um, I don't know if you heard this before, but if a tree falls in a forest and no one is around to hear it, does it make a sound? That's a, that's a real f- philosophical question that, you know, people argue about all the time. If a tree falls in a forest but no one hears it, it doesn't even make a sound. And I want to translate that statement to a church statement. And, and it goes like this. If no one but God knows, hears, and sees, or notices our extravagant offering, is it still worship? If no one but God hears, sees, and notices our extravagant offering... The, the breaking of our jars. If no one sees it, is it still worship? Heck yeah. And I think it is still worship. Yeah, yeah. If no one sees my outpouring that I'm giving to God, the prayer, the fasting, I'm not tweeting that I'm fasting. I'm not tweeting that I'm praying. I'm not tweeting that I'm worshiping. I'm not tweeting that I'm in the Bible. Man, I'm just, it's an alabaster jar that's being broken in a secret place. And the truth is, if no one sees it, is it still worship? Yeah. Heck yeah, it's still worship. It's, Heck yeah, it's the worship. Go it's, ahead. It's all personal. And, yeah. And this is this is what blew my mind about this story. I was talking to my daddy. I'm just breezed by. My dad was telling me how, that in that culture, in that time, that they would uh, legit have a jar in this alabaster box. Everybody had an alabaster box. And what they would do is, if let's say uh, someone in your family had died, your job was to uh, cry. And when you cry, you're supposed to catch your tears with this jar. So people would literally bring these jar of tears to uh, places like funerals or if you know something happened when they started crying someone broke their heart they'll bring these jars because when they cry they would catch their tears into this jar so when this woman was breaking her alabaster box on Jesus she was giving him all of her tears all of her sadness of the years of her life that she's been living so just in that that shows you how personal this was this was not just I'm just going to give you all this expensive fragrance and all these expensive things. It wasn't even about that. What it was about was a personal moment with God, a personal moment. And that's why the people were saying, why is this woman wasting this when she could give it? No, you don't understand the tears. You don't understand. That's why if 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 a tree drops in the forest and no one hears it, doesn't make a sound. You don't understand. Everybody's looking at her, and they don't hear the sound, but she knows all the tears, all the crying, all the sounds that are in that alabaster box. So when she broke it onto Jesus' feet, that's a sound that only she and Jesus heard, and the rest of them couldn't hear it. So when you're in your secret place, and you're crying to Jesus, and you're breaking your box, that's the, that's the biggest question. What is your box? Good. What is your box? 
What do you? What, what is it that you have to break to the feet of Jesus? For me, growing up in middle school, you know, I was a cool kid, quote unquote. So like everybody, all my friends would smoke. I gotta break that. I can't smoke. I gotta. And kids would look at me and they say, "Oh, you don't smoke? What do you? You you, you look at your eyes. I know you smoke. You don't smoke. Why don't you smoke? Because you're Christian. I'm a Christian too. We awesome. Look at them like, oh my God. It was like, but you and I had to literally deal with the people saying, "Why don't you do that?" What, you go to church on a Friday? Why do you do that? You, you don't curse? Why don't you do I can't go a day without curse. And you got to find your boxes yeah. that, you, that you're dealing with, and you got to put them to the feet of Jesus. And she didn't, she didn't pour them. She broke the box. That's good. You got to break it That's at Jesus' feet, man. What I, what I think was kind of like the underlining statement is that a relationship with Jesus is just between you and Jesus. Yeah. That's probably like the, the, the only thought that's like, penetrating every top every topic is a relationship with Jesus only has to do with you and Jesus not you your mom and Jesus not you your best friend in Jesus not you and me in Jesus your relationship with God has to do with just you and Jesus if the church doors were to close one day God forbid is your relationship with God still healthy is it st- are you still reading the Bible and and here's the thing middle school to high school we, we, we know how to seek God but sometimes we don't do it, you know? And I love kind of how Jonathan spoke about, you know, the tears. Because I want to read to you a psalm really quickly. This is probably one of my favorite psalms. I'm going to write a song about this one day. Man, it, it says in Psalms 56 verse 8. It's up on the screens. You've kept track of my every toss and turn through sleepless nights. He keeps track of that stuff. That's how personal God is. Like, Sometimes you're wondering, man, can I get personal with God? He's waiting to be personal with you. He's already counted how many times you lost sleep. The Bible says he knows the numbers of hair on your head. He has it numbered. Like, you lost the hair, that's hair 3,626. Like, he knows you. And, and, and let's keep reading. You've kept track of, of, of my every toss and turn through sleepless nights. Each tear entered in your ledger, each ache written in your book. Man, God is so personal. He's so direct. And that ledger, that means he keeps, he catches your tears and puts them in a jar. Amen? And, and he's walking with us, and he is, he's so personal. And I want to kind of end on this thought. Is, is, is if I can encourage you to do anything, it's to waste time with God. If I can encourage you from a pastor, you guys here tonight? If I can encourage you from a pastor to, 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 to middle schoolers and high schoolers, it's if I can encourage you to do anything, it's to waste time with God. Waste time. In, in, in the presence of God, in, in the seeking of God, in, 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 you know, cracking that jar in, this, in the secret place, it's so personal and it's so intimate, right? And um, I kind of want to say this last thing. Let your worship be well spent and your time spent wasted where God is. Let's waste our time with God. You guys want to add on that? Just a couple of more thoughts and then we'll close out. I mean, Go ahead, it's, it's important. Like, our time is precious. Our time is really precious. And I know for me, when you were asking what, what is our, our jar, mine is my time. I spend every morning in school and every night at work. There's, there's no real break in between. My only break is that drive home when I get to bed and wow. then I have maybe an hour where I get to decide do I want to sleep early or sleep a little late. 
And in, in that moment, it's just like, okay, I have options on what I can do. Yeah. I can read a book. I can go on Netflix, which is what I tend to do. Yeah. I can read the book. I can do whatever. And sometimes it's it's like that time we choose, we allocate it for God in specific moments. Wow. Like Friday is, okay, from 7.30 to 9 o'clock, I'm with God. And then afterwards, I'll do what I want. Wow. And then on Sunday, it's like, okay, if I go to second service, it's from, from 11.30 to, to whenever it ends. If pastor decides to be a little longer, okay, I'll give him that time. <laughs> wow. And that's it. Wow. And I remember, like a moment comes to my head, um, when, when we announced that we were going to do the Poinciana campus, I was already in, in the first and second service in Kissimmee. And I'm thinking, man, they're going to need people in that campus. Because it's far. They're going to need us to go and help. And I'm like, but I don't want to do it. <laughs> you know, I'm already there all morning up until 1 o'clock. I don't want to do it. I want to go home. I want to relax because Sunday is my only day off. And my mom looks at me, and she's listening, and she kind of laughs. And I'm like, what? And she's like, she tells me this all the time. God gave you everything. Yeah. Wow. So why can't you give him a minute? If God gave you everything, so why can't you give him an hour? If God wow. gave you everything, why can't you give him a day? That's good. And and it hit me. Like it it hit my very soul where I thought, okay, you you gave your whole life for me and I'm arguing over giving you another couple hours. Wow. And so I was like, okay, I got I got to do this. And it's funny that in the moments you've got like those extra hours where you could have done something else, Come on. that's where the breakthrough happens. That's so good. Because I could have been home. And everybody knows I love soccer. Yeah. And so most yeah. of the games yeah. are Sunday nights. Yeah. And so a lot of times I'm like, man, I'm missing this game. I'm missing that game. And I'm yeah. in Poinciana. And there's something that someone says in a different way because it's the same sermon. And it gets me. Wow. And it gets me thinking. Or I give them the opportunity to help somewhere and do something else. And and God's like speaking to me like, hey, look, you could have enjoyed time with yourself, but because you chose me, I'm teaching you something more. Wow. That's good. And it's just, good. it's that privilege. Because yeah. it is an absolute privilege to enjoy time with God. Yeah. And we take that for granted. Yeah. And until you give him that time, you don't understand what you're missing. Yeah. Wow. That's so good. That's, that, so good. That, that's a mom. Only moms say stuff like that. <laughs> I'm like, only grandmothers mom, and mothers mom and Jesus. have the capacity to say, and Jesus Wisdom. have the capacity to say. But just to jump on that with the time, man, like, I know you guys are young, but there's just those certain people in school that you just fancy and you say, man, they're so pretty. Oh my God. Uh. Like, and growing up, you know, getting a relationship, you know, whatever. And um, sometimes, like, you just want to waste time with that person. Like, what are we doing from 3 to 5? I don't care. Yeah. As long as I'm with you, I'm fine. Yeah. And it's you, you sound crazy. You legit sound, what are we doing? I don't care. As long as I'm with you. And I feel like Jesus is waiting for that text message to be like, hey, you want to chill? You want to hang out? And he's just waiting for you to text him. He, he's just waiting for you. He's just waiting for you to hit him up. And he's there. Keeps You know, like, you look at your phone, like, if it buzzed, but it didn't buzz. But you just look and check if it buzzed because you think, like, that person should have texted you five minutes ago. So you're, like, just like, man, it's not buzzing. And Jesus is at the phone, like, oh, is it going to buzz? Is it going to buzz? And then sometimes we let it buzz, and Jesus loses his mind. I could just imagine having, like, he texted me. Yeah. Yes. He texted me. And then, like, he's texting back, and you guys, you see the three bubbles, and you're going crazy. And then, like, somebody else texts you, and then he's like, oh, 
you need to see the relationship with you and Jesus as a relationship with a spouse. Good. Like we said, it's intimate. Yeah. This isn't this this isn't a friendship. This yeah. is a, I I died for you. Like the Bible says, God so loved the world. I love you so much. Yeah. So Jesus is at the at the phone and he's like, if only she would text me. Wow. Man, waste time with Jesus. Because it's time well spent. And every time I waste time with a significant other, I'm just like, man, that was the greatest, most fastest 17 hours of my life. <laughs> it's like, that was like 10 minutes. Jesus. And it was a whole day. <laughs> and it's the same thing with God. That's so true. Sometimes you're like, man, I can't pray for three hours. Pray for three minutes. Look at the clock and three hours pass. That's good. And I think I love that. You know, I, 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 just as we wrap it up real quick, um, just want to say we all none of us have the perfect relationship with Jesus. No, no one here has the ideal, perfect, 100% relationship with Jesus. But the, the key is, is that we are taking steps. We're taking steps. We're making moves. We're making changes. Um, and, and just in that thought, I just want us to bow our heads and close our eyes all over this room. Uh, man, I, I hope we, we don't look for acknowledgement to keep moving, but we know that God loves us, and that's all the acknowledgement we need. Uh, I, I know sometimes, you know, giving to God money, giving him time, giving him worship. Come on, serving. Come on, we got student leadership tomorrow. If you're not a student leader, feel free to come through. This isn't a time spent that is wasted. This is time wasted in God, which is not wasteful at all. So all over this room, man, let's bow our heads and close our eyes. Let's make a declaration tonight that we're deciding to get more personal with Jesus than ever. We're deciding to say, man, you know what? A, a, a life wasted to God is a life well spent. I, I could waste my time doing this, doing X, Y, Z. I can give my life, give my passion towards whatever, but I'm going to make a decision now to waste my time with God more often. Well, we love you so much. Well, we thank you for allowing us to have this discussion today. Thank you for this amazing panel, group of guys, Lord, that just completely sold out for you, Lord. I want to thank you for every soul in here, every middle schooler, high schooler, God, we're, we love you. We love you. We have a love for you. And, Lord, we want it to grow. Lord, we, we have a relationship with you, Lord, but we want it to get better. And, and, and God, I pray you help us in any time of need. Come on, everybody says. Amen, amen. Thank you, panel. You guys can go. You guys make some notes to the panel real quick. Amen.